Good afternoon and welcome to Auto Retail Live, the quarter two programme. Great to be back and um, thanks very much for taking time to join us on this lovely May day. Um, right in the middle of the great chip shortage of 2021, uh, following, of course, the COVID crisis of 2020 and 2021. But is it really all doom and gloom? It seems that used car prices are on the way up, even if new car supply is limited and the opportunity is there to be taken. So let's dive into the conversation, see what's happening in the market. And three great guests with us um, on the programme today. Uh, we have Darren Ardron, Managing Director of Perry's. Welcome back to Darren. Paul Philpott, um, first time with us on Auto Retail Live, the quarter two briefing, President and CEO of Kia UK. And Nathan Coe, the Chief Exec of Auto Trader, uh, joining us for today's conversation. If you have comments or questions that you'd like to put into our discussion today, then it's really easy. Please just type them in. Um, they make their way magically to Tristan, our editor today, uh, and then we'll bring them into the conversation uh, as we go through. Uh, lots happening, of course, in the showroom. It may be that one of your colleagues isn't able to join us uh, live uh, on the programme. This programme is available, of course, on Catch-Up, so feel free to share the link uh, later on. So let's dive into the market, first of all, and, and showroom reopening. Uh, delighted that on the 12th of um, last month, the, the doors were finally allowed to open uh, and business started to return. So let's, let's start with Darren, uh, Managing Director of Perry's. Darren, so how was April? Is everybody back and business going well? Uh, yeah, good afternoon, Al. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, yeah, April was was good for the group. Um, I think it's fair to say, you know, everybody couldn't wait to get back, really. Um, to be honest, the first quarter was was amazingly good for us as a group, considering we were still in lockdown. But to get back to showrooms after the 12th of April was, was great. And, uh, you know, for me, all of the online stuff is fantastic, but there's nothing like getting customers in the showroom. So it's been a really good start for Perry's. It's been a really good April. Um, and I'm really pleased to say at this moment in time, uh, May is continuing along the same way. So um, it's been a very good start. And, and are you seeing, I mean, obviously you have your regulars and it's great because they come back through the business, probably finance driven. But are you seeing new faces, different people coming into the business? Yeah, we, we definitely seen different people. There's definitely, um, I think, people with, with money in the pockets at the minute, which is good to see. That doesn't always help the finance, I have to say, but... Um, but it's, it's just good to see, yeah, different people out there, um, both new and used cars. Used cars is particularly strong at the minute, as we, we anticipated it would be. Um, we had a very, very strong first quarter, incredibly strong first quarter on after sales, probably like most people on the call. We're just feeling that little bit of a bump in the road at the minute with April and May and obviously going back to lockdown last year. But then we started to see a lot of bookings come in for June. So we're just really navigating our way through um through April and May, and then, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that June will be very good as well. But at this moment in time, it's all good, and we are almost back now to 100% of all of our staff back. We've got a few staff still classed as vulnerable that uh, that we won't bring back yet, but we're at about 98%, 99% of full occupancy now. And, and how, are, how are people getting with that? Is, are, they, are they comfortable back at work and feeling confident, or is it a bit sort of strange and people are feeling their way through it? I think I think for some of them, I think it's a little bit strange. You know, I'm I'm up in the northwest of England today, and we're doing a series of reviews up here, which is great because it's even strange for us too. Because you know we haven't been getting out and about for for, for obvious reasons, 
Um, and I think we just, you know, we just need to be very aware of that, that it's, if somebody's been off on furlough for nine months to, to, to come back to work and not only just to come back to work, but to come back to work and it be at 100 miles an hour as well, which is what they've walked back into, we do need to be uh, very conscious of that. But, you know, I've said it on previous calls and, I, and I've, I'd say it again. I mean, I'm so incredibly proud of our staff because um, they've worked tirelessly through COVID. We kept in touch with them all the way through. Um, and we've got, you know, majority of them back now. And um, I, I think it's onwards and upwards. And also, you know, from a manufacturer point of view as well, I think um, we have some great manufacturer partners, not just saying it because one of them's on the call today, but we all kept in touch throughout lockdown. And, you know, um, some of them were, were really, really fantastic in terms of supporting the network. And I think we're starting to reap those rewards now, come back out. So very good. We're all, all very happy at the moment. Great positive start, Darren. Thank, thank you. Let's let's turn to Nathan, um, Chief Exec of Auto Trader. Good to have you on the program, Nathan. What, what's the what's the mood online? Because you are absolutely embedded into the way people search. Um, we're, we're all sit there at night, don't we? Surfing whilst we're watching something on the telly. But what are we actually looking for online, and what are we buying now? Yeah, thanks for having me, Hal. Um, I think it is as as Darren said. There, you're seeing demand across the board, um, it, it's strong. It is stronger in some areas than other areas. You've got uh, a whole group of people that uh, car ownership has become all of a sudden much more important to them, partly driven by concerns with public transport. And when you combine that with the cash in the pocket that Darren spoke about, um, a car goes to the top of the, the to-buy list. So definitely we've seen um, strength across the board, volume brands doing well, Certainly, when we exited June last year, we did see uh, cheaper cars. There was a lot of talk about the cheaper vehicles really flying off the shelves. I think now you are seeing it being a little more uh, a little more balanced than it was before. Um, as I said, driven by high confidence levels, the, the Bank of England are upgrading growth forecasts. People have savings, and actually, having a level of privacy or exclusivity to the way that you travel um, feels more important than it's ever been given that you know when we rewind maybe 24 months all the talk was about ride sharing mobility people not necessarily owning a car that certainly feels like um it's been put to bed for the next little while at least and other particular types of, of vehicles that people are looking for now that maybe they were not looking for previously is anything any shift in the way that people are considering the types of vehicle they want to buy I wouldn't say um, big shifts. Uh, one area that we have, which very often we don't speak about, is commercial vehicles. And that's probably driven by the fact that we all have about six delivery drivers arriving to our house, dropping off packages each day. Co commercial vehicles and vans particularly has seen probably the most pronounced shift. Uh, Darren um, and Paul may be able to shed some light on that. That's probably been one of the more pronounced shifts. But aside from that, I'd say actually it does seem across the board it's probably come through uh more in petrol and diesel vehicles actually than it has electric even though all 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 areas are up but the volumes in diesel and petrol vehicles is already large and it's up quite a long way as well so i wouldn't say you've seen like a massive shift towards electric necessarily um the commercial vehicles probably being the standout um where you've also got supply constraints there against very very strong demand 
You're watching Auto Retail Live. It's the quarter two briefing. Uh, we're talking about the showroom reopening. We'll be moving on to the rest of quarter two in a moment. But we've heard the good news from the showroom, good news from consumer interest. Um, now let's take a look supply side, manufacturer. Uh, I'm Paul Philpot, President and CEO of Kia uh, in the UK. Paul, you, you had quite a lot to contend with there. Uh, quarter basically closed, uh, production disrupted, um, and then, of course, other challenges coming along. H how did that affect your approach to, to 2021? Because manufacturer side, it's all about the planning. Sure. Um, hi, Al. Thanks very much, and good afternoon, everyone. Um, yes, it's been an interesting six months planning because not long ago we were stockpiling for Brexit. Doesn't that seem a long time ago now? Um, but what a relief to have showrooms reopening on April the 12th. Um, and, you know, we've managed the supply situation pretty well. What I'm um, delighted with is that since showrooms have reopened, uh, uh, we've uh, seen a really strong restart, showrooms busy, buzzing again, just what the sales teams needed. Um, yeah, we had our best April ever, sold more new cars in April than any previous April, um, even though showrooms were, were closed for the first 11 days. Um, and it's a range of vehicles that's selling. You know, everything electrified remains strong. Um, Sportage remains strong. Um, and alongside that, you may find this odd as a, as, a, as a manufacturer of new cars that nothing we enjoy more than a booming used car market. And certainly all of our dealers are saying demand for used cars is at an all-time high. And we, we're seeing our own um, approved used cars flying off the shelves to our dealers to sell on to, to end customers. Um, I have to thank the network. They've done a great job in making their showrooms safe for consumers um, and customers obviously feel safe to be back there. Um, they're, I think, really enjoying um, being able to a, offer a test drive um, and see the joy of new customers coming to their dealerships and experiencing Kia products for the first time. Um, and that's continuing into May. So great April, record market share for us. Um, it's been a tough old six months to plan through, but what a relief to go and make a dealer visit for the first time on Friday afternoon. <laughs> Absolutely, and, and, and he, he, here's more to it, to actually getting out and about and into, into the showroom. What, what is it, do you think, that's, that's driving it? I mean, Darren, I think, alluded to it there in terms of people not having necessarily been able to go on holiday, maybe they've had money that they put into building work. Is, is, are people feeling wealthier and therefore happy to, to come and buy new products? Is that part of driving the market or something else? I think all of the above, Al. Um, the, uh, you know, we, we, in the first quarter, with all our showrooms closed, our network managed to supply over 20,000 new cars. So it didn't stop. Um, but a lot of those cars were to existing customers because test drive actually gets in the way of selling to someone who is considering Kia for the first time. I think what we're seeing now is that pent-up demand. Um, we're seeing people that can afford a new car, feeling that bit wealthier, having not spent very much over the last 15 months. I think there's a feel-good factor that we are beginning to come out of this horrendous period and how it feels good to treat yourself to something new. Um, so, I th and, I, and I do think that people are a little more wary about uh, using public transport and therefore wanting a reliable car a car like ours with a seven-year warranty, nothing comes much more reliable than that. Um, so I think there's lots of things, but uh, we're glad it's there. Long may it continue. Nice plug for the warranty there. That was a good one. Um, Nathan, uh, let, me, 
<laughs> Nathan, oh. thinking about something that Paul said there about obviously the it's been digital online only um, for a while, and and now the opportunity to go in and, and touch the car and test drive it. But is 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 has everyone gone digital? Have we have we gone digital for good, or or is the market going to be a hybrid? I think the the answer is probably yes to both. Um, I I think there is no question that. Um, for the vast majority of transactions and the vast majority of consumers, what they're looking for is a purchase process that lets them do more of it online, but they're not necessarily rushing to try and avoid going into a forecourt. So the majority of consumers still see that forecourt experience as um, being important to the purchase process, whether it's the, the test drive, uh, whether it's getting help with uh, selecting the vehicle. That being said, I do think some of the shifts that we've seen the days of um, you know, reserving a vehicle online, which was obviously a very, very dominant, one of the biggest shifts in behaviour that we saw during the course of the pandemic, we very much see that remaining. And what we're hearing from our customers is that will carry on. I think as a, a bit slower to move is finance online, and that's because there's a whole bunch of software that needs to be built in order to bring finance online. But I think that's another prime area where consumers would rather do that bit of the process um, at, at their own convenience, where where and when it suits them. So I don't see those behaviours going back. You're looking at probably a quarter of car buyers that actually proactively prefer an online experience. And you could argue that if people aren't willing to offer those customers the online experience and they'll go to other car retailers that will. So I think you'll see a lot of the behaviours, the reserving of vehicles, the willingness to kind of not just inquire, but go that step further, that will stay. But I think you will see a reversion, especially on new cars, where it's a bit more difficult to offer, say, a money-back uh, guarantee, which will mitigate the test drive for many used cars. I know a number of groups have kind of overcome the test drive problem online by offering that uh, ability to return the vehicle if it doesn't really meet your needs. That's much more difficult to do, arguably uneconomic to do on new cars. So, yeah, I think a lot of the behaviours that we've seen change, we're not, go we're not going back, I think, when the market becomes more normal, those retailers that have kind of jumped on that change and continue to go down that path the next few months, we think they'll be the, the dealers that do well as we get well when we get to a, a more normal market. This is the quarter two briefing from Auto Retail Network. Um, questions and comments, please send them uh, either via the platform on the webinar or you can use the hashtag ARNLive if you're uh, participating twin screening via Twitter. Uh, Darren, um, if you're just joining us, Darren Ardron is Managing Director of Perry's. Paul and Nathan, they're talking about the, the online and the switch and the, and the going digital. So what's it like in the showroom? What are, what are your customers who are now returning um, telling you about the way that they want to buy and the way that they're interacting um, with you when they're, when they're buying a car? Well, I think both guys have, have sort of answered that one, really, in terms of, you know, in the middle of lockdown, we, we didn't have a choice. Everything had to be digital. Um, I think from a dealer group point of view, we had to up our game on, on digital. You know, what was good 12 months ago actually wasn't good. It had to become brilliant. It had to become excellent. Um, it's not for everybody. Um, you know, we, we're still seeing uh, some of our traditional customers that will probably go part of the journey online. But uh, Paul alluded to it earlier in terms of where we found it was harder was, you know, you can't test drive online and there's nothing like that test drivability, and particularly around electric vehicles. 
you know, we have seen a good increase in electric sales since we came back and people can test drive the car. So I think you've got a hybrid approach. I think people will go so far online, they'll do a lot of research online. But from what I'm seeing and, you know, even being here in a showroom today, um, people still want to feel, touch and, and meet the people. So you need a hybrid approach to it, really. And, and tell us about business margins. Is, is, is business good and margins are being made or are we being busy fools getting the industry back going, but we're not making money? Um, no, margins are improving. I think it's it's fair to say, um, you know, we all had our challenges last year because cars stood around become aging and you really don't know what's going to happen to values. It, it really is a calculated game. Do you stick or do you twist, really? Um, I think it's fair to say for us in January, our margins were a bit lower than I would have liked, but we, we did a great job of cleansing the stock. Since January, uh, the margins have started to improve both new and used, uh, particularly where you know, manufacturers have, have supported um, the network. And again, you know, close to one one today, they've been a great support to the network throughout. Our margins have retained really strong. As we stand at this moment in time, um, margins are improving now. Since we came back after the 12th, one of the hard bits we found as a group was prior to the 12th of August was a drop in finance pen. Um, and that was just because of the online journey, quite frankly. We've seen a marked improvement to finance pen since since we came back so hopefully that we, we're over that hurdle now and uh, and things are moving forward how about new car supply i mean we'll we'll we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment probably with paul to talk about from a manufacturing perspective but but what's it looking like for you with a range of brands um that you're you're looking at because they you know they drive the finance opportunity yeah we we've got a um, you know, we represent 12 brands across the group. Um, they're all different. Some are, some stock is harder to get to than others. Um, Nathan touched on it earlier in terms of commercial vehicles. Um, we've got quite uh, some large commercial vehicle centres. And quite frankly, commercial vehicles are almost impossible now to get hold of. So, you know, we're taking orders now on commercial vehicles that are showing delivery dates of 2022. Um, that's difficult for our team, teams to be able to deal with because, um, you know, they're not used to that type of scenario. Um, we've got an adequate amount of stock around from a group point of view to deal with Q2. Um, my view of life is that we probably could see Q3 tighten up a bit more with certain brands, but then actually that may well filter into Q4. You know, the one thing this whole pandemic has done is it's just it's just recalibrated this industry. That's all it's done. You know, normally October, November, December tends to be the more sleepier months in the industry. We could find it slightly more challenging in Q3 because of supply, but then we could have a very strong Q4, and we've got to start thinking about how we plan our businesses for that because, you know, don't allow too many people to store up holidays for Q4. So um, I just think it will recalibrate the whole year, and I think it will, you know, I've said all along, and I'll stand by it, I think it will be a very good year. There's, there's lots of lots of headwinds in terms of supplier vehicles. Um, you've had dropped through the letterbox today was um, the latest auto retail bulletin. There's a piece in there by Mark Sims uh, rounding up the, the, the great chip shortage, which, of course, is one of the challenges with semiconductor shortage um, for manufacturers. There are also challenges of supply around rubber and some uh, even supply of, of steel and aluminium in places. So there's a lot of parts that feed into it there. I mean, Paul, I guess this is one of the challenges of the industry being great at just-in-time manufacturing and getting to that lean point of view. But, but when this horrible thing happens it disrupts the whole thing how does the rest of the year look for you in terms of supply 
Um, yeah, this is a this is a tough one to manage. Um, shortage of semiconductors is a global issue facing all OEMs, and, and none of us are, are protected completely from it. But right now, we're managing okay. Um, we met with our dealer forum last week. Um, obviously, front of mind for them was supply. Um, we gave them reassurances that supply from both our manufacturing sources in Slovakia and from our plants in Korea largely is continuing to meet demand of UK customers. Um, uh, and we're in regular dialogue with them about just how strong the new car market has bounced back and therefore to prioritise right-hand drive production over left-hand drive production. Um, but, but, of course, there are always um, supply issues. And right now we're having to manage every car line. Um, the, the, the car line that is um, uh, most short and any Kia dealers on the call right now will say, yeah, but where, where are your new Sorentos? Well, you know, new Sorento is not necessarily all about supply. It's about an unmitigated success um, and demand exceeding our greatest expectations. Um, so we've actually received more supply so far this year than we thought. Um, it's just demand is outstripping supply, so we're now facing longer lead times. Um, but we're in contact with our European um, uh, head office, with Korea, almost on a daily basis, um, you know, stressing the need for more supply for the UK car market after a pretty terrible last 12 months that we've all had to endure. Now the customer is back out. Sure as hell, we want some priority for new car supply. So you know, th things are tough to manage. Um, from being very overstocked at the end of last year and carrying a huge cost through first quarter. Um, now it's moving very quickly, um, but I'm still pretty hopeful that uh, supply will remain okay. As I said to the dealers last week, we've got about 32,000 new cars available for sale in, the in quarter two. If we run out of all of those, we'll have had a humdinger of a quarter. And of course, the rest of the year, it's, it's not going to pick up to be to be absolutely fantastic. But the, the SMMT uh, latest figures I saw the other day uh, predicting up to about 1.86 million. So so about 14 percent up. I mean, unless it's got two in front of it, we don't tend to think of it as a good year. But, but that's quite a turnaround. Yeah, I think, you know, given that showrooms were closed for the whole of uh, quarter one and were actually closed for about the same amount that they were closed last year, to be predicting 14% up, and that forecast is going up each time right now, rather than through last year, SMMT forecasts kept going down. And I think that's a positive sign for the industry. Um, I, I think yeah, we're seeing a good bounce back in terms of new car demand. We're seeing a fantastic bounce in terms of used cars, which will turn into stronger residual values, which will make new car sales that much easier for future months. So it's down to us getting hold of as much production as we can to satisfy the demand that I'm very confident will come our way over the next six months. So I think the 1.86 million, yes, it will be supply constrained for some manufacturers, but I think the demand curve is on the upward direction and uh, probably can exceed that, uh, that level if indeed the supply is made available to manufacturers. It's the quarter two briefing um, from the Auto Retail Network. Paul Philpott, President um, and CEO of Kia UK. Thank, thanks. Stay with us. Um, Nathan Coe is the Chief Executive Auto Trader. There seems to be a lot of good things happening. You'd expect, as panellists on, on, on this programme, to be positive, but the signs are there. The underlying um, foundations seem to be strong. I, is that going to set us uh, in a good store for the rest of 2021? 
Yeah, I mean, especially of late, um, we're all a little bit wary of giving our forecasts, but uh, that's not particularly helpful to those watching the show. So I can certainly give my view. I think it lines up with what Paul said there, actually. Um, I think there is a lot of demand out there for cars. There's absolutely no question. At the moment, price is moving to kind of, as it tends to do to balance that out. But, um, you know, with the new car shortage that you've got, that also translates into less part exchanges as, as well. So I think you could, we could probably satisfy more supply both on the new car side of the market and the used car side of the market without having any drastic uh, impact on prices and write-downs, the thing that retailers worry about. I mean, when we look at the factors that are driving what we're seeing at the moment, uh, we think back to June, when in June we emerged from lockdown, a lot of retailers said, yeah, it is good and yeah, margins are good, but how long is it going to last? Well, the truth is kind of lockdowns to one side or forecourts being required to close, being required to close to one side, demand has been strong the whole way through. And there's no reason to believe that that won't be the case, uh, I think, for the rest of for the rest of this year. Supply is going to be constrained. As Darren said, it'll move around. Maybe Q3 is a bit worse than Q4, but there's plenty of demand to satisfy that, however that moves, um, whether that be the new car side of the business or the used car side of the business. So I think there are lots of reasons to, um, you know, I think Darren implied it, didn't he, to be very, very front-footed um, as you approach this next year, and don't don't be timid because there's not many of those factors. Um, whether it's macro right down to micro, there's not many signals that we're seeing that point to risk ahead in the road. Of course, you know it's a competitive business, and you've got to be on it every single day. You've got to be repricing regularly and make sure you, you're sorting out age stock. I think if you do those basics really, really well, if you um, adopt those practices, I guess of the more progressive digital retailers, whether that's how you run your business or how you sell cars, then actually you should have a, there's there's not too many reasons why this year shouldn't be a very good one. So after sales to one side, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, well, the, the, the theme here is absolutely picked up. Um, a couple of mentions, David Sheriff, who's Group Finance Director at Stephen Eagle. Hi, David. Uh, Peter Smythe from Swansway and Ian Bullock of Marshall Volvo, all with questions very similar in terms of um, what you've just talked about, Nathan, in terms of the year looking forward. But Darren, we, we've got here um, a forecast of growth, maybe 14% um, versus last year for new cars. Used cars, there were some data from SMT for the first couple of months, which I know is, is history now falling back a bit, but the headwinds now seem to be favoring that. What's your forecast um, for the rest of the year? Obviously positive, but any, anything you'd like to give away here, Darren? Um, I think it's very hard to put a number on it, Al, as to where it would be. But if I look, um, you know, if I take our group now and I look at, if we take April and May out of it for obvious reasons, because we, we didn't do anything last year. Um, but, you know, we're seeing a substantial uplift on used car volumes in April and in May. Um, so, you know, it, we, it's very difficult to put a figure on it. But I, I think it could be a very strong um, used car year. Uh, and very strong in terms of pricing as well. And that has its other benefits as well, because, you, you know, we were all, um, it helped us really last year with not the change in used car values. I mean, you can imagine if the used car market had have dropped last year, um, we would have all gone to a horrible situation at the end of the year, and we didn't. So um, Paul said it earlier, it really is good when used car values stay strong because that fuels the new car market. So I, I think that there'll be good growth in used cars this year. I really do. 
what about a market that's strong like this? Does that mean that the brokers will be would be squeezed um, out of the market if it gets tighter? Uh, is that a question to me, Al? Or yeah, sorry, Darren. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in, in terms of thinking about where that where that goes. Right. Would the brokers be squeezed out of the market? I guess um, the, the, the correct answer would be, I certainly hope so, to be honest with you, because um, it would be good uh, for more and more customers now to return to the traditional motor dealerships. And I think if we get to a position where we haven't had these sometimes big gaps between, um, you know, between dealer groups and, and individuals and brokers, that can only help. Because I do think, you know, customers do prefer shop absolutely do prefer to shop at their local dealer paul there's a different dynamic here now isn't there there's a different thing in the market you talked about from your brand you know that there's there's a a cleansing of the of the way that you know it's a it's a pure sale so that the market is changing and the dynamics are enabling that to to help Do, do you see that it's not great news for brokers um, we've always sought to control our broker volume. I mean, clearly, with with car showrooms closed, franchise showrooms closed, the brokers had more opportunity or a, a more level playing field than they have now. That uh, we've got some great sales teams out there in some great facilities to display and test drive new cars. Brokers can't do that, um, and uh, you know, therefore, I think we're back in the prime driving seat to drive more business through. Um, our franchise network, which can only be good news. Um, as far as uh, su- going back to the supply issue earlier on um, and what the rest of the year looks like, um, yeah, we're planning for about 28% growth in new car sales this year. So any discussions I'm having with Korea or Slovakia or our European head office are about supply to meet growth of 28% year over year. So, you know, I don't think supply will be that big an issue for the Kia network other than on products where demand is escalating at a rate we just can't build enough of quickly enough. Could you imagine having this conversation two years ago without COVID, actually going back to the factory and saying, we want 28% more? That, that, that's something phenomenal. Yeah, but we have lived through the year from hell. I mean, last year was uh, not something I would have predicted two years ago either. Um, you know, to, to manage um, a decline of a similar percentage last year was uh, uh, probably the most challenging year of my 30-something years in this industry. No, undoubtedly my most challenging year in the 30-something years I've worked in the auto industry. And let's hope we never have to live through anything like it again. Um, now we're on the up. Let's be positive. I think it's going to be a really strong year for the automotive industry. Um, and... Uh, I actually think used cars will go shorter than new cars for us, and that will drive residual values up, which will help the new car um, demand and new car volume. 12th of April was step one. Um, Darren, thinking about the 17th of May, we, we all seem to be going in these dates of when important things happen. A- apart from having a hug, um, what will you be doing differently to um, to welcome your, your customers in the showroom from, from the 17th of May? Uh, I think for me, Al, it'll be just, you know, glad glad to get back to a little bit normality it's quite hard at the minute when you walk through showrooms and there is still an element of social distancing going on and i think that'll be here to stay but i I think we are as almost there as we we can be now um you know we've tried to work really hard with with the teams um and with customers to make it as normal as possible but just to be able to open up fully will will be great so i don't think we'll do a great deal more quite frankly as as you say apart from from the hugging there may be a little bit of that but um 
and not a great deal more really for, for us. I think I think the team have done a great job in managing the situation as we are. And, and in terms of just reflecting, I mean, we, you know, COVID is horrible. I mean, you know, it, it's 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 great. I mean, Paul is very passionate there about about the challenges, and I think people will resonate with that. They'll they'll think back and go, "This has been one of those dreadful times." But dreadful times bring uh, bring resilience forward. Is, is there something you reflect on this, Darren, and think you've learned something from lockdown? I mean, without being too glorified about it, but there are things that people take away from terrible situations. What what have you learned from it? Uh, yeah, this is my sixth year of, of being MD of the group. And, and as Paul said, this is uh, something that none of us have ever had to endure before. Uh, we'll look back on it, hopefully never have to go again. But I think, you know, just about teamwork, um, you know, I, I can, honestly cannot praise our team enough. It didn't matter what time of day it was, um, what time of night it was. They were there. We were all on calls. We were all on Teams calls. And I think just being resilient and, you know, for me, there are lots of things in the group we've changed. And I guess there were always areas of the group that we always looked at and thought we should be changing that, but we just never quite got round to it. What COVID did was forced some of these changes. And one of the big things for me is that we stick to some of these changes that we've made now, because I do think it could be better for the business moving forward. So, you know, I could write a book on COVID. I really could. I hope I don't have to ever, but um, lots of, of learnings, but about teamwork and resilience and just what a resilient industry we are you know, to bounce back from this as we have is testament to everybody involved with it. I'll come to Nathan with a similar question in a moment. And thanks to Gillian Murray, by the way, from the Arena Group. Uh, not a nice question there. It's the quarter two briefing from the Auto Retail Network. We have a few minutes left. Um, still a chance for a couple more questions and comments if you want to join the conversation, either by typing into the webinar or using the hashtag ARN Live. Nathan, CEO of Auto Trader, of course, an online business. Um, I, I imagine you still had lots to learn from from COVID. But what are the things you take away uh, from the situation and going through the last year? I mean, as Darren said, there's been um, loads and loads of learnings. One of the biggest being that um, how quickly our jobs needed to be seriously about making sure that we considered all of our stakeholders. I think very often. Uh, in the jobs that we do, the focus is on making sure that you get um, good, solid and sustainable financial performance. I think uh, there was no question that when we were thrust into what was a terrible situation, as we've already spoken about, you need to very quickly balance the needs of your staff and make sure you're protecting them. In our case, actually, we have you know over, well over 13,000 retailers that rely on Autotrader to bring customers in through the door. And we understood that actually we're a reasonable cost and particularly when you got into uh, the early parts of the lockdown where everyone hadn't yet had time to adapt their approach uh, we did need to make the sort of the, the decisions that we did so we we're free for those four months and i think the big learning from that and not looking for any, for any prizes for the discounts that we provided but what we've learned is actually there's not really a trade-off. Our relationship now with customers is better as we find ourselves emerging from the lockdown. We're in a better position to help them uh, become more digital businesses. And actually, they probably trust us because we've kind of put, quite literally, our money where our mouth is. So I'd say that actually taking that balanced approach to, to business and making sure you're looking after the very best interests of all those people that are relying on you can actually end up being the best thing ultimately for for the business and your shareholders. 
good point. Questions, a couple more just to uh, pick up on here. Paul, start with you perhaps to answer this one and maybe to, to Darren. Um, a question on terms of the proportion of car buyers who will buy without a test drive. Um, and, and you mentioned there, obviously, you've got a lot of people who are new to the brand. You've got a good proportion of um, net zero or zero tailpipe emission vehicles. Do you, do you see that remaining people are still happy to buy without that test drive? Or is it going to revert back to people will want to drive that vehicle before they buy? Um, I'm a firm believer that um, if you've got great product to show off, you should be um, uh, really promoting the ability of new customers to your brand and existing customers to drive the very latest product and see just how much they've progressed since they last drove a Kia. Maybe they've never driven a Kia before. Um, I think with the increasing complexity of powertrain choice, the new technology that's coming on cars, People that have always had a petrol or diesel have no idea what it's like to drive an electric vehicle. They have to get behind the wheel for a significant amount of time to understand just how easy they are to drive. Um, I fundamentally believe that test drive is central to the vast majority of people's buying decisions. Um, if it's not, then they're probably compromising their decision. And the test drive ought to be that moment of um, realization of which car they really want to buy. Darren, is there a split, therefore, between new and used? So maybe somebody who hasn't experienced an, an electric or a hybrid powertrain versus somebody buying a used car, maybe a petrol or diesel, and carrying on. Does, is there any difference in the behaviour you're seeing so far? Uh, I think, yes. I think, I mean, certainly we, we found it in lockdown. We found that people were more susceptible to buying used cars without test driving. Uh, what we've found since we came back after lockdown, then uh, from a new car point of view, exactly the point Paul said there, you know, we, we probably, even in the role we do, we don't test drive cars enough. And when you jump out of one into another, you realise how they've come on. But we've certainly certainly felt um, that from an electric point of view, you cannot drive an electric car for five minutes or not drive one. It's a lifestyle change. So you've got to get people in the seats of these cars. And when you do, actually, they really love them. Um, you can't do that online. So, you've, you've, you know, bums in seats, as we used to say, it's, it's no different now to what it was. 10, 20 years ago, if you, if you put someone in the car and you do the, you do the job right, um, it really does enhance their decision. A quick question from Andrew Ship um, from Andrew Ship Autos. Hi, Andrew. Um, it's about the impending change to petrol and diesel. Obviously, new petrol and new diesel in the UK being phased out by 2030. Um, he, he's asking the, pa the, the panel, do you think that there will be diehards who will be trying to buy the last ice and keep them internal combustion engine, keep them going beyond 2030? Are you seeing any of that, Andrew, uh, Darren? Um, we're not really seeing any of it yet, Al, but I suspect there will be. I suspect as we get nearer to the deadline, there will be some people that just don't want electric and, you know, um, and will buy one of the very last petrol cars. And you've also got to think, you know, that it will, it will help us from an after-sales point of view as well, because um, we do need this balance of after-sales work coming through. So, yeah, I'm sure you will get people that will still want petrol and diesel for the last minute. But I come back to the original point on electric. You know, the more people that drive these electric cars, the more it will change their opinion of them. This has been the Auto Retail Live Quarter 2 webinar. We will be back um, on the 8th of June with the Auto Retail Live uh, panel, uh, including Simon Dixon from Rockar and Neil Smith, uh, formerly of Kazoo and Imperial uh, Car Supermarkets. If you would like to join uh, us for that webinar, you can click on the link, which is now on screen 
uh, here today, uh, or you can sign up at a later stage. I would like to say a big thank you to Darren Ardron, the Managing Director of Perry's. Before we go, Darren, a tip, if you may, uh, for quarter two. What, what advice would you give to um, our audience today looking to maximise the opportunity? I think I think for quarter two, I think we've got to take advantage of these uh, these strong values. Quite frankly, you know there is great margin to be there out there to be had, and it's not always about being the cheapest. So um, stick to your values, stick to your principles, and um, you know we also all of us had to make a lot of changes in in COVID, and we just need to be certain that we keep as many of those changes in as we can, and then the business will be great moving forward. Don't forget what you've learned. Good advice, Darren. Nathan Cow, Chief Exec of Auto Trader. Thank you for joining us. What's your takeaway today? Well, I, I, I'm afraid Darren's probably stolen my thunder, so I'll give a, I'll give a slightly different angle on the same two points because I do think in the very near term, um, pricing and making sure that you're on top of pricing is the number one thing that retailers can do. And I would urge that... Um, using data to do that. We help customers do that by using live retail data. Dealers are changing their prices every single day. They all get factored in to our valuations every single day. And I think being right on top of that, using a combination of your own data or not your data from someone like AutoTrader that's getting those retail observations is absolutely critical um, because margin can swing things an awful long way. And then my second point, again, just reiterating what Darren said is, I don't think we're going back. And a lot of these behaviours that have changed have changed, not just because consumers want to do more of the process online, but I think very many retailers have seen actually they can run their businesses in a different and more profitable way by adopting some of these different practices. And those will be the retailers that will thrive you know, maybe next quarter you're all fine because the market is just very, very strong, but at some point it gets back to normal. And we know this is an uber competitive industry and the, the game, I think, will be played very differently. So during Q2, during Q3, I'd be making sure that you're either putting those things in place or, as Darren said, making sure that they stick. And that's kind of, uh, I know for a lot of retailers that aren't as big as, as say, Perry's, they struggle because they don't have an IT department. That is kind of where we're laying out our stall so we can provide that technology and build it on their behalf. Thanks, Nathan. Final word, Paul Philpott, President CEO, Kia UK. Paul, words of wisdom before we close today. Uh, okay, um, my message is simple. Um, EVs are the future. Um, we as a brand are going to be producing 11 EVs globally by 2026. My challenge to all of our dealers is to become the local expert for electrified cars in their local area. Um, they can provide the very best service. They can, be, can become customer's trusted advisor. Um, know more about them than anyone else. Know about charging. Know about the costs. Know about all the things that consumers will ask you because that's a real competitive advantage to you. Brokers can't give you that advice. Online retailers can't give you that advice. Make the test drive an outstanding experience. Be a leader in EVs. Paul, Nathan, Darren, and for you joining us online today, thank you very much. Um, our thanks to Guy steering the ship, Tristan, the editorial control, uh, and on behalf of Francis and the team, thanks for joining us for the quarter two briefing. We'll be back on the 8th of June for Auto Retail Live.